We got Houston Alexander joining us once again here on Pure Evil MMA. What's going on, champ? How you been? No, I'm not being evil right now. I actually, uh, I got my girl behind me. Oh, champ! I can't win this. The funny part is, like, I just got off the line with Mayhem. I was trying to get, you know, the interview with Mayhem Miller, and he, he's. I know, I will, I will. He'll, he'll appreciate that as well. But, you know, it's been a couple of months since we last talked. I got a couple of things I really want to talk to you about because, you know, we usually talk about MMA, but right now, I was going down the Houston Alexander rabbit hole, and I want to start here. I sh- Hopefully, you haven't, you haven't dug too deep. So I picked my son up because he was acting crazy. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I showed my girl. Uh, a video of you on this TV show called like science uh, I forgot exactly what it was called but it was like about adrenaline where they actually had you do like a punch normally you getting like all stressed out doing the punch how did how did that come about and like uh, you know honestly in that time man that was a really serious thing to watch sit down like see you tear up in that do fighters usually get like that beforehand or is it better to like enter the cage more relaxed like is that like a, a good uh description of how things would be in a cage or do well, you I come out like that i, I, th- I think uh, when i wanted to do it at the time um and they, and they did the test um i think i think it was the way the way i was thinking because i never like to lose nobody nobody yeah. nobody in life likes to lose and then i i think my will to not lose was stronger than any type of adrenaline you know what I'm saying? That, that, you know, and to me, you know, if you, if you if you have to take drugs, you're cheating. Yeah. I don't care what type of drugs it is. You can you, you if you're taking drugs to advance yourself, then you then you're you're not putting in the work. So you might be putting in the work, but you're trying to advance yourself by by using drugs. So uh, I, I think, man, it was just it was just me having the will not to want to lose. You feel what I'm saying? So what what was the difference yeah. between the natural adrenaline and when? You did that last test. Like, what, what was the difference there? Obviously, there was a thousand pounds of pressure, which is almost double of what a punch would be. So then you look back at all the news stories of, you know, John Jones and and everything like that. I mean, do, can, do you think you would be able to reach that same height with more emotion, more drive? Like we saw Walt Harris versus Overeem. I'm sure he felt a lot of adrenaline during that uh, fight. I, you know what, dog? I'm telling. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna be real with you. Okay. That, uh, you know, uh, the way the way I was feeling and then the type of person I, and I am, I would just. Yeah, I think it would have happened naturally for me because I'm not. You know, again, I was. I was never there was the guy to use drugs, and uh, when they when they stuck me with it, I felt a little bit of it, but uh, I could have hit that dummy harder if they would have actually had me uh, being in a position to where I could punch him. Because they had me in TV position. Exactly. They didn't have me in fighter position. There's a difference. Fighter position, TV position. They had me in TV position with my hand down. If I would have had my, if I would have had my hand up, I would have got probably got more uh, of of uh, uh, a poundage into the into the dummy if I would have had my hand up in the right position. But man, you know, again, I think I think it's it, that's it, it's the will, our, all, all all of our wills to win. No matter what position you are in. So, how hard would you punch me right now for interrupting dinner? I mean, how, how oh, much? Man, no, you get fucked up. <laughs> it sounds like it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it probably 
With a choke slam too. With a choke slam. I would have yeah. Oh man, I was I'm having a I'm having a great dinner. Matter of fact, let me grab these potatoes real quick. Here's the only thing I'm gonna ask about MMA. What is the highlight of your career? Throughout throw everything. What's like the moment that if somebody came up to you and was like, you know, I'm doing a third grade project about your story, what would be the story that you bring up? What's the most memorable moment of your career? Oh man, if you you truthfully, if, yes, please. Uh, no, Houston, no, Houston, no. So classic. Hold on, I'm gonna call him back right here. All right, let me get this off the of screen. Not a good thing. Come on, right now. All right, so we just lost Houston, Earth to Houston, and I gotta find Messenger really quick. Because that is not a good thing as a journalist. Especially when you're interrupting dinner right now. Houston's already about to kill me. Mayhem's about to kill me. And those are two guys you do not want coming after you. I'll tell you that. I'm going to send... Uh, and my girlfriend's going to come after me in a minute too. So I'm, I'm screwed, guys. I'm screwed. Alright, let me give him a call. Alright, we got this up on the screen. Hopefully I'm not doxing them right now. How do I make a call? Oh, yeah, yeah, right now. Unreal. Based on video. All right. I'm going to do FaceTime audio, hopefully. All right, here we go. Calling Houston back. Either way, my phone's turning on right now. All right, so sorry about that, guys. We live, and this is just something we got to get used to here in Puri Volume. So I always tell my girlfriend and my friends, we're going to have to uh, make sure my phone's charged up. This just gives him a second to eat his potatoes. All right, hold on. All right, we're calling the chant back right now. Man, I, now they said 3,000 pounds of pressure. I think I might get 4,000 pounds of pressure. So let's call the champ back. Houston Alexander. <laughs> Classic. My swing arm back. Champ, it went from 3,000 pounds of pressure from a punch to 4,000 now, I feel. Yeah, we're good. We're good now. We're good. Oh my god, I'm about to get beat up by Houston, Alexander, and Mayhem Miller. This. Oh. All right. So l l let me ask you another question. Let's move on from uh, what we were just discussing. All right, we we can do that too. All right, so we were, we were literally just talking about the adrenaline. Let's go back to Bisbang versus Anderson Silva. You remember that fight? Uh, I think O2 yeah. Arena. And Anderson Silva lands a knee as Michael's Bisbang's mouth guard was out. And there has to be a null in action for them to be split up. 
Now, Michael Bisping points to the ref and points to his mouthpiece. Anderson Silva, in that moment, lands that knee. He thinks he won, he won the fight. Now, there's an adrenaline dump there. Can you explain to listeners what that must feel like and how, how could you rebuild that after, you know, thinking you won a fight? Like, what would that be like? Uh, you know, and, uh, hey, Silva won the fight. Because, and, and in my eyes, and, and probably a whole bunch of other people's eyes, that he won the fight because uh, I, I just don't understand how you can just stop things like that. You know, I understand there's rules to the game, but I don't understand why you just stop something like that. So I, I think he won. I, I think he won, and, and, and uh, this thing, no, that he won. But, but come on, man. It's, it, it, it's, uh, that, you can watch it, and then you don't even have to analyze the whole situation and, and, and come to the realization of what it was. That was a huge career-changing moment for Michael Bisping, and I was flipping out when that was going down. Didn't understand yeah, what... It's all good, man. And, and again, Bisping, if, you know, if, if the uh, MMA guys was in his favor, hey, David was in his favor. Especially, it was his birthday. It was Michael Bisping's... Uh, oh, shit, come on, man. And he was, was, was in England. Oh, to Arena. He was in Joliet, England, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Let me ask you this, because this goes right into it. One of your training partners, you know, Anthony Smith versus Glover, you know, he he went through hell. My girlfriend was having such a hard time watching that fight. What was he experienced through that with adrenaline? Because I'm sure that's got to be really intense. What would you uh, What would you be feeling in those moments? And do you think? I've had plenty of conversations with fighters, including my, my co-host, James McSweeney, who says, uh-huh. you know, the positions I've been in, if my corner says, James, you got to go out there or throw in the, the towel, he said, you better not do that. You know, yeah, this, this is up to me. That's the thing. I was screaming that to my girlfriend at the time. She was like, why weren't they stopping this? I was like, he's intelligently defending himself still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's defending himself. So move on to the next question. And and we've seen fighters, you know, punch themselves out. You, I, I believe Anthony was probably waiting for that to get back up. So uh, I agree. Uh, just, just, uh, he, he, he said what he said. Yeah. Let's go on to the next question, Lee. 
All right, I got you. All right, this is this is completely off MMA. 1980. We're going back to Omaha. We're going back to the. We're going back to the Scribble Crew, the graffiti. Are you still doing that kind of stuff? Because I love graffiti. No, I didn't. I didn't hear it. What'd you say? I said I'm not a porn star. Oh, come on right now. Come on right now. I'm getting killed today, man. I'm getting killed oh, today man. over hey, here. Hey, you, hey, you just got off the phone with Mayhem. Like, don't treat me like a scrub. <laughs> no, you have no idea. Mayhem caused so much stress right now for me. Oh, oh, oh. So he's trying to, okay, you know what? I'll bring it down a couple of masses. No, no, not mayhem, you. If Mayhem stressed you out, I'll be, I'll be the, the uh, voice the of reason. So you actually have, uh, you know, a long history outside of MMA, you know, yeah. with oh and Omaha, the Scribble Crew and Graffiti. That's something we haven't talked about yet. I never knew that about you before in the past with the hip hop thing going on. I've seen you do the dancing thing on YouTube. Uh, go well, back to the. Hey, what's it here? Let me let me check you on your on that right there because uh, the dancing, the, the the art, and then all the other things that, that surrounds hip hop is all the same thing. It's part of the culture, man. So it, it's part of the same exact thing. So I've never, you knew about it, but you just never, you never asked me about that particular subject. So it's all, it's all the same thing, man. It's just a different segue to that, that the culture. So now we can talk about the art part that I used to do. All right. So I still do because I, I still paint. So we, we've talked about, you know, growing up in certain areas and stuff like that. And I love driving on the CD, seeing new graffiti, seeing, uh, you know, landmarks that are around there. Uh, apparently, there's still some artwork that you have up around. Uh, was it in? It was in Omaha, correct? Yeah, well, I've done a couple of porch uh, of, of studios inside. So, you know, there's a few studios. Before, before this, uh, I did an MMA jam maybe a month ago. So there, there's a, there's a, you know, if, if it's inside, I usually do it. I've done a lot of it, but it doesn't matter uh, whether it was inside or outside. I'm still doing it, man. As long as that, as long as people commission me to do it, I do it. You know, explain the difference between the era back then, because you were still involved in, in the hip hop scene. You still are. You're still DJing. Yeah, still involved. Yeah, still DJing. The, the, all, yeah, all the elements of hip hop I'm still involved with. What are the biggest differences that you're seeing now with, you know, successful artists in that genre compared to when you were growing up and the excitement and motivation that you felt? What are you seeing now? Is it uh, motivational or is it kind of sad to see? How, how do you feel about No, 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 no it's, all, it's all the same. Except for we have the number one genre, genre of music in the world right now. You know, the uh, the, the rap is the, the the number one genre of music versus yeah. country or versus rock, in which black people already invented anyway. But well, that's another subject. But but all it's all the same to me. Uh, but but back then it was just fresh to see the the uh, the culture blow up the way it did. You know what I'm saying? Because we knew we a hey, us guys who. Well, in the, in the culture back then, knew the potential that they had in 2020. So we, we wasn't worried about it because, because we saw we, we saw how it was, it was going to expand. But what I don't like is I don't like people taking advantage of the culture. And if you're taking advantage of the culture and you're just using, using the culture to, to get ahead, then, then you're a bitch. But if you if you respect the culture then you're, and you're making money from it, then I respect you as a person. So I, what I'm guessing that you're referring to there is the whole Takashi thing. Am I right with that? I don't, I don't, I don't care about, you know, I, you know he, he's, a, he, he's another piece of the puzzle, dog. So I, 
I'd rather yeah. not talk about him. I feel it. Are these the same things that you're teaching at the Houston Alexander Foundation, the uh, HAF? Or like, yeah, when, 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 when we do the foundation thing, we're going inside the schools and we're teaching the kids about the uh, the and how the coach got started. So, we, we, you know, with that being said, you know, you you won't see anything about an individual person. You will see as, uh, how it came together as a whole. So we're we're teaching the culture as a whole, and uh, and then because a lot of kids don't know anything about the culture in the first place. All they know is that it's wrong. They don't know anything about the dancing or or the DJing or anything like that. So well, our job is to go in and teach the kids about the culture as a whole. Well, right now with the quarantine going on, like, are, are there any documentaries that you think does justice for the point you're trying to make with uh, everything you're motivated by and trying to teach to others that people can check out right now? Or do you have a video? Yeah, there's a Netflix documentary where, where there's, and I, I keep forgetting the name of the documentary, but it's a it's a documentary on hip hop that teaches, uh, it, it goes from, from era to era, city to city, and how, how hip hop developed all, all across the country, then the world. So, you know, Netflix always has a whole bunch of documentaries that are pretty helpful. You know, especially there's a, there's a, a tattoo, there's a tattoo um, documentary about, about hip hop. Uh, so, so there's a lot of uh, hip hop documentaries on, on Netflix that will help you get caught up to the culture just in case you're, you're, you don't know what the hell's going on. So if I'm a clean white slate right now, what would you say would be some artists to check out? Because I'm trying to listen to new music. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have a lot of free time on their hand right now. What were some of your favorites? What type of artists? I mean, you know, growing up when you're doing the graffiti thing, what were those? As far as, as, far, no, as, far as rap? Or what artists are you talking about? Uh, rap, hip-hop, country, oh, no, 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 anything. No. So you keep saying rap and hip-hop. Hip-hop is the culture. Rap is the element in the culture. So there's different styles of rap, but there's not different styles of hip hop. So when you say, oh, different styles of rap music, yes. But when you talk about hip hop, you're talking about the whole overall culture. Explain, explain the difference between those two, because that's, that's really interesting okay, well, that you said that. The difference is hip hop culture is the culture in itself. Beatboxing, rapping, okay. DJing, b-boying, popping, locking. That's all part of the hip hop culture. Rap has different genres. So if you want to be, do choral rap, you can do choral rap. If you want to do country rap, you can do country rap. If you want to do bluegrass rap, you can do all that shit, but it's different styles of rap music, not different styles of hip-hop. Okay. Okay? People, sometimes you've had people refer to hip-hop in rap because because they're, they're, they're thinking about going back to the original essence of hip-hop. And so that, you know, and which is wrong to bring up to people who don't know nothing about rap music. Yeah. Rap music has different types of rap music, different regions of rap music, different styles. So when you say, hey, different, there's different styles of rap music, it's different styles of rap music. So that's how we'll break it down to your listeners. So honestly, with you doing the whole DJing thing right now, what are you exactly doing? Are you doing, is it like a pod? Because I've seen your podcast you started. Well, the are, podcast is just an individual thing that I do for artists. Yeah. Or business people who are, who are trying to put you know put their information out there. So because of my, the, it's, a it's a community podcast to where we're, we're trying to, to trying to have people in the community uh, let everybody know what they're doing. So you know it, you, if you're not doing anything in your community, but being a fucking uh, uh, a maggot and not doing anything for your community, then that's a, that's a different thing. 
I see that a lot with you because you're doing more than just DJing. You're doing more than just, you know, you know, training at a gym. You're actually going out. And I, I saw you on something called Omaha Live, like where you're, where you're doing like these funny skits. How did you get involved with that? Because I feel like you're such a good actor. You should be in a ton of movies. Like I saw one. It was called uh, Bird Inc. with Houston Alexander. Can you explain that? Hold on, hold on. I need you to repeat. Just because I'm sitting here with someone that know, has to know. I'm a good actor, right? Yes, really Thank good. You. So, but no, it's, it's just a, a, a sketch comedy that we were doing in Omaha. Uh, and it's, it's almost like a Saturday Night Live. Matter of fact, it came on after Saturday Night Live. And uh, we know we had uh, Matt Tompkins, who was uh, the originator of it, which wanted to do skits. And, uh, and then they uh, came to our gym one day, and, I, and I, was, I was part of a skit, and I decided to want to do more with them. So, you know, it just, it's just... Just thinking outside the box and doing and doing things outside the box. Especially after I was doing, I, I did the thing uh, with Key and Peele. So oh. you know, it, it, was, it was cool to do something uh, reflective of Key, the Key and Peele thing. Okay, so that that's actually another question on my notepad here. The Key and Peele relationship. Uh, I, I saw you thumb wrestling. I thought I saw you uh, taking punches from them. How did how did the, this relationship start? With uh, Keen Peel and well, no, one, of, one of the guys had got in touch with me on, on Twitter and asked me if I want to do a sketch. I'm like, mm, you know, well, let me think about this. How about yes? Because <laughs> I, I've been a fan of Keen Peel ever since that was on Mad TV. Yes. And uh, wow. it, it was just, uh, it was, it was just, uh, I just, I, I wanted to work with him, and it was, it was just cool that they wanted to work with me because Terry Crews, who was supposed to have my part, wasn't available, so they, they asked me to do it. So man, I, I, I was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And so they flew me out to L.A. And I ended up doing uh, their, their last show on on, on, on Comedy Central. So literally, that relationship with Key and Peele, having relationship, like for my journalist career, it's about knowing people. Where where did you leave off with them now? Like, are you know, he, they're doing movies. Man, I, they're I, doing I, I, us. Man, I, I told those guys when I was sitting there at the table, I was like, yeah, but I was, I was told they were going to be doing movies. I'm like, yo, we gotta hook your boy up. But I'm just, you know, you gotta be out there in Hollywood for all that to happen. Yeah. Um, no, they were. I was told they were going to be doing the Get Out movie and all these other movies are right there. But I was just don't, you know. Again, you, I'm in Omaha, so I guess you gotta be out there and and then do the auditions just like like everybody else out there in L.A. But I was out there in L.A. I'm in Omaha, so. And I don't mean to rewind, but I think you would be perfect on a TV show in Omaha like you're doing, but on a bigger scale for like children, because you have that personality where it's like intimidating, but you're friendly. And that guy was just the perfect host. I saw the pumpkin carving one, the birding one. I saw a couple of them. You're really good with that. I'm surprised, you know, uh, it hasn't picked up. Is that something that you enjoyed as a kid, that kind of uh, content? No, man, you know, again, just, you know, this, uh, you know how, uh, you know, how, you know, black people joke around all the time, and we all, we all joke around all the time, and, and, and it's, I don't know, it culturally it's probably the same, but, you know, we always bag on each other, and always, it, it, it was just a natural progression, man, so, so when, and all they had to do was just tell me what I had to do, and just keep it moving, so Matt, Matt Tompkins and, and his brother Ben Tompkins are, are, are good, so, it, it, it just worked out for me, man. It just helped me, helped me grow as an artist. So I have one more question for you, and then something for you to leave everybody with. Uh, what, no, what, it's all good. It's all 
What is your favorite moment from your career? We, we were talking about that. Do you have any stories about, you know, training? Do you have any stories about backstage things? Last time we were talking about Kimbo. Do you, do you have any other stories uh, that, that stand out to you? Peace to Kimbo. And shout out to his family, man. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's hard to lose somebody, especially that, that, that young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, if, I, if I can think about a moment, um, a moment that was, that was, you know, of course the Jordan moment was cool. Oh, yeah. UFC but 71. But, but, but a lot of people don't understand that, you know, before you get to UFC, uh, you know, there's all these things you have to do before you get there. You have to put in some work. And I think uh, one of the times when I, when I was in Des Moines, Iowa, um, and, and uh, there was a, a guy who was damn near 300 some some pounds, uh, and, and, I, and I, I just remember being in the ring with this guy and picking this guy up and slamming this guy so hard, I broke. We broke the middle of the ring. Wow! So yeah, and and if they had YouTube back then, it'd probably go viral uh, twice over. But they didn't have YouTube back then, so. But uh, you know, but but all you know what? All the fights that, that that brought me up to the point where the the UFC point was pretty cool. So, but that particular one when I when I, I slammed that guy on his neck, the three hundred pound guy on his neck, I said, "Well, actually, got suplexed, almost uh, like uh, the monster did." Uh, 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 what was that? Pride when the because the monster got there and inducted to the Hall of Fame recently. Yep. yep. And uh, I think he, he uh, when uh, the guy he he fought at the time in Pride where he, he slammed him on his neck before he lost. He, he slammed Fedor. He slammed Fedor. Yeah, he slammed Fedor. And so, so I slammed a guy just like that in the ring, but the ring broke. Wow. He was too big. He was too big. And, uh, and if anybody tried to dispute that, you can ask the production team that was that was in in uh, the mornings at the time that watched it. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stories like that, man. But I mean, Kevin Randleman, I mean, what, what stands out to you when, when, when that name's brought up? Kevin Randleman, because I think the UFC did a great piece. Hey, man, I, I trained with Wow. I trained with him uh, uh, a couple of years. I think maybe maybe a little bit in a little before '09. He was at, he was in the UFC gym, and we both we both were uh, in the same ring together. We had, we had sparred like a couple of rounds, and that that was it. But I, all I can remember is like, God damn, this is a big fucking guy. So do you did you? This, this, this guy had shoulders the, the size of mountains. Did you see the the kindness in them, like they were bringing out? Because I think yeah, that's really important yeah, no, to show no, no. people. It's always like, you know, most most MMA guys, I'm gonna give you 95 percent of most MMA guys are respectful. Yeah. You know why? Because they have discipline. If you have discipline, it means that that that, that most people are you know, good people. So no, he was a good guy, man, and, and he and the shots to his family, and they you know his kids and and all the people that surrounded him. He was a good guy, man. He was 100. Was a good guy, and I'm glad I got a chance to meet the guy. And when, and when I when I heard that he passed, I was I was really disappointed. You know, and, and it happens. It just happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it gave me the chills when I was watching that. So thank you for sharing that story because I feel no, like man, it's really important. It's it's important to share those kind of stories to show people that like you're seeing these people on TV, but they're actually really nice people. Like you were saying about Kimbo backstage, yeah. great guy. Yeah, Kimbo, Kimbo, good guy, man. And I'll leave, I, I'm gonna leave you with a story with Kimbo. Okay, I love that. The day Kimbo and I were gonna fight, it was the day before. He had man, he had like 30 people with him, and uh, I remember kind of passing him up in the hallway, and I just remember because I don't have. 
by myself. I remember going up to him, and they, you know, it, all his people was like, "Oh shit, this dude trying to come up to Kimbo," and I was like, "Yo, I just want to talk to Kimbo," and they let me, and he saw me, and then and told me to come through. And I just told the dude, "I was, you know, I respect you and your family, you know, et cetera, et cetera." And uh, you know, then we fought the next day, but. You know, he, you know, we talked, we talked with, with, before the fight. And he was cool. You know, he, he a family man, and the same. It was so it was cool, man. So, but it, that that was what the the last moment I had spoken like that. Houston, I want to thank you so much. Uh, we're going to let you go with this. What have you been doing during this quarantine? I, I know that everyone's locked down for fighters, for entertainers. Um, you know, everyone's going through their thing, but it's a good time for to be an entertainer right now. So what, what, have, what have you been up to? Um, you know, I, 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 of course, I've been training people because I, I got all, I've always had equipment in my house because I, I kind of knew that something like this or anything like this could happen. So you always got to be prepared, and that's one thing. So I, I train in my house. I got treadmills, et cetera, the whole nine. But, uh, you know, um, you, of course, you, you got you to gotta follow regulations and try to kind of, you know, do the six-foot-apart thing and wear your mask out there. So you got to be responsible in that way. But there's a lot of things. That, again, this, this this whole situation is real, man, with this, with this, uh, this, this Rona. You know, they, you know, that's what black folks call it, that Rona. You don't want to get caught up in that Rona. So, yeah. you know, hey, do, you know, do what we have to do for this this whole thing to pass. If you're, if you're one of those people out there that, that, that don't think this is real, you know, I had, I had relatives pass in the past three weeks over over this virus. Is that real? So, you know, it, it, what I've been doing is that I've been uh, trying to educate people. I've been trying to try to, uh, you know, again, I've been, I've been training people, but, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a safe, safe part of it when I've been training people. And, uh, and, and again, just keeping things moving, man. You know, radio, I got a radio show coming up. There's a, there's a, I am a podcast whole night. So, so if you, if you're, if you're not active, then you're, then you're just sitting there looking like a plant. I agree. I agree. And I'm going to have all those links. (laughs) I'm going to be a plant after you and mayhem beat me up and bury me. That's what I'm going to do. No, 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 uh, Houston, I want to thank you so much. You're a legend of the sport. I've always admired you, and I love what you've done after, you know, fighting, hanging up the belt, and everything that you stand for, and everything that you teach. You're uh, you're you're a big asset to uh, not only mixed martial arts, but the community and uh, a- anybody that you come in contact with. And for that, I want to thank you. And are uh, you kissing my ass on on your podcast? <laughs> hey, there, there's only two people I I'll do that for my girl and whoever's on the show. All right. No, I mean, May- listen. When, when Mayhem was pressing me, I was kind of uh, backing up a little bit, but I was just like, wow. you know. But we'll be talking to him in a little bit. Houston, thank you so much. Stay safe, and I'll have all the links for your podcast down below, and, and some of the things that we spoke about as well down below for people to check out. Everybody, check out the, uh, the foundation page, man. You know, and and, and uh, you know, because we're doing a lot of good things for the schools. And uh, taking care of the kids and make, and make sure everyone be safe, okay? All right. God bless, champ. And, 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 and you will never guess who's sitting here with me. Who? The East Nuts. Oh, you best. <laughs> and there's Houston Alexander for you guys. I just got, got him. He got, got him. 
I'm getting roasted tonight, uh, which means I'm all stressed out. Thank God I have a girlfriend. I got rats running around here. I got mayhem driving me nuts. I got to wait another hour and a half for him. So uh, that does it for this interview with Houston Alexander. Stay tuned for Mayhem Miller coming up in just a little bit. I had to erase some of the questions I had for him. We're just going to have a a natural conversation. Don't ever want to run into Houston Alexander or Mayhem Miller in a back gallery. Uh, Allie, especially not this week because I'm going to get it. And with that, I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA. White knuckles to the end. Remember, without evil, there's no purity. Behave yourselves.